Welcome to Channeled, our podcast about creating more together. Hi, I'm Nancy from Channel 3 Communications, and I'm here today with Rainier DeSmith from Brilliant Eye. Hello, Nancy. Hey, Rainier. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Sweating a little bit today. It's hot in town. <laughs> it sure you. is. We had to turn off the fans to get this one done. <laughs> so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, communications processes, and Ooh. it's a lot more exciting than it sounds. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, I can't wait. Let's get into it. All right. So today, I thought we might talk a little bit about communication strategies. Uh, A lot of times I get clients that think they have to be on social networking, or, Mm. you know, they ask me, they say, you know, can you set me up with a Twitter account, that kind of thing. And and I also have to back them up a little bit and say, let's talk about the process first. You know, who do you want to talk to? Right. There's a lot more than just kind of grabbing your phone, putting it on record mode and yak into it. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's an interesting... um, it's a great process that we have, and it's an interesting uh, process for clients to go through because uh, often I think they're, you know, they put the cart ahead of the horse and they're they're ready to go, and I'm saying, yeah, no, whoa. Carts don't work that way with horses. <laughs> no. Not very, not very effectively. So you know, we've sort of developed a little process here called the C3 process, and it's kind of a, a C3, method. C3, channel three? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we developed this process to try and help our clients be a little bit more efficient with their time. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's talk about that because I'm sure a lot of people out there would like to have a little less mystery about uh, what is this social media thing because mm-hmm. uh, it's an easy phrase for people to whip off. But I think uh, there's a lot of confusion in the execution of uh, doing good social media. So, yes, and it's just one of the tools in the toolbox, really yeah. is. So, so let's back up from there and talk okay. a little bit about sort of uh, the, what I call the C3 process, and it actually mm-hmm. has three C's just to make it fun. Our first one's communicate. So how are we going to communicate? And this is really the foundation part. It's really identifying your goals and what you want to achieve with your communications out to your various target audiences. So those goals could be anything from an increase in sales or maybe just an increased awareness of a campaign that you're running. Maybe we want people to do something like sign up for something or or try out a new tool or or spread the word about something. So we really have to figure out what those goals are. And so we we often say to people, if we're sitting down a year from now, you know, what would you say had happened to make this a success? You know, what would you have said, wow, this happened and this happened and that made this really successful? Kind of like setting a target, uh, a result in the future that would make the client happy if they got there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think if you start with the end in mind, you can work backwards towards how you're going to reach that. Sure. A roadmap of sorts. Yep. Um, totally makes sense. Yeah. In that sort of this whole area of, of identifying this, we then look at target audiences. Who are we trying to talk to? Um, where are they? Right. I guess like some old people aren't interested in young people's things and young people aren't necessarily interested in older people's things. Yeah. And, and sometimes uh, spreading the word online is important, but sometimes a person-to-person approach is more valuable. Ah, okay. And depending on the type of information you're trying to get out there, you may be more likely to uh, be interested in it if somebody is speaking to you personally or you're referred by a friend or you attend an event as opposed to seeing something on Facebook. Just pop up randomly or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I think it's really important, too, to look at um, barriers and facilitators. That's what we call them. So these are challenges. So one challenge might be a budget. 
Your budget is on everybody's mind. Yeah, exactly. But then there's also facilitators. Those are opportunities. So you might see an opportunity to partner with somebody, another group, mm. um, to to get your message out. You and I do this quite a bit. Right. We no, partner together it. on projects to, yeah. uh, and you know, and the end result is a, a win-win for everyone. That's right. It's uh, it's like the uh, sum of the parts is greater than the whole, or however that works. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Two makes three. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we also we take a look at trends too. I think trends are really important. Mm. Um, we really um, you want to see what's out there in terms of trends in your industry. What's happening? What are other people doing? Um, but so also, it sounds, sounds like you've got to kind of really pay attention to what's happening out there instead of you just coming in with the what's you know what you think. It's like you have to communicate with your clients. You have to also be aware of the the playing field out there mm-hmm. um, that your clients will be playing in, even if the clients aren't aware of that playing field. Yeah, that's right. I, I, you know, and, and doing that um, deeper dive into an industry uh, opens up their eyes and ours as well. We really get a great chance then to see what might be working or not working out there. Right. Oh, um, you know, a good example would be in healthcare now. There's a, an increased emphasis on patient stories. So telling patient stories through video or through blogs or even through podcasts like this. Right. Um, cool. You know, it's it, it's a great to always sort of see what's out there and what new opportunities might come up. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the other thing that we kind of do is really look at relevant events and activities for our clients. So now this is all still the first C, right? Just yeah. check it. Wow. <laughs> So, and, and it seems like a lot of work, but it's foundational work that will that will uh, reap rewards, you know, right. in the future. Right, it sounds future. like a great setup for, again, instead of just blindly stumbling ahead towards some basic template, you're actually trying to build a, a unique template for each client that works. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, one of the last things we do, and it leads into our next step, is looking at um, theme days, events, activities that may relate. So uh, again, going back to a healthcare model, um, if it is um, National Epilepsy Month and you're a healthcare organization that has a focus on epilepsy or has research on epilepsy, it's a great time to sort of tie those together. Or conferences coming up or, or different activities, local, provincial, or national that you may want to take part in to, to right. tie in. So it's doing that scan of, of what's out there and what the theme days are and how you can um, get your message. So you're kind of leveraging okay. something that's already in place to yeah. work with the thing you want to get to the client. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's exactly that's cool. it. That's very cool. So that kind of that kind of leads us to our second C. Ooh, the second C. <laughs> so the second C, I'm curious to hear, hear what that's all about. So second C is collaborate. And this is where it's collaborating with a client, but it's also a collaboration of your activities. The idea being that we can be a lot more effective and efficient if we take all of our communications activities or tactics, which is what we call them, and put them out together, lay them out, and see how they can play off of each other, how we can use them in different ways. So these tactics are, are uh, individuals or the actions? or what, what? Explain the tactics thing a bit. So let's say, for example, um, you want to do a video. Okay. Uh, and then a video profile of I think something. Videos are an excellent idea for people. To <laughs> yes, do. they yes. certainly are. One of the great things about a video is that you can get it transcribed, and you can use the content from the transcription to write a blog, or to oh, yeah. develop a news release, or to have a quote. Or so you're taking actually the audio uh, medium or vi- audio visual medium actually and converting it now to a printable mm-hmm. or readable. 
content. Yeah, and and taking a look at how you might uh, efficiently do that. So you may have an mm -hmm. initial cost of doing that video, but then you've got the transcription and everything to develop five other things. Okay. So suddenly it's more effective and efficient. You can use those to send out to potential clients in an email campaign, for example. Okay. But the way that we do it that we find, because that, again, sounds complex to people. Oh, i got to do this, this, this. Mm. We develop what's called a content calendar. In, in the tactics calendar, you can really at a glance look and see, okay, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And if you're doing social networking or any other kind of messaging, you put it right in the calendar. So you're not at a loss for understanding, you know, what am I going to say next week? We see this all the time. Somebody's like, ah, oh, I've got a Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Right. And it's great for the first month and then they run out of content. Right. Or they run out of time, mm. or they run out of energy. Yeah, I, I've noticed that with a lot of uh, people I've dealt with out there, that they will get all excited about social media out there, and, and they get their blog set up, they get their podcast location set up and everything, but then they forget that they actually have to create content, and on a regular basis, because otherwise it's you look like someone who's not doing anything. Exactly. And then people just either stop listening or stop following or, you know, it's right. not as relevant anymore. It's like websites, you know, you go to a website and you see that the last news item was two years old. Right. You start it's... to question the rest of the content, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. That makes sense. So then going back to my foundation, you remember I talked about theme days and events and activities. So they go into the content calendar. Oh, okay. And what's great about that, suddenly you're saying, oh, geez, I don't know what I'm going to say on Twitter this month. Oh, but it's national such and such month and there's this activity coming up. How can I time my content into that it's it, like a web you're building that's inter there's a lot of interconnectedness and building and, and smart linking yeah. of pieces and it's it's again setting it up at the beginning so that three months down the road you can go oh, okay i already have some stuff there it's right. not that difficult to add on, you know, stuff that's up and coming or things you know about. It takes a lot less time to maintain if you've already built the structure around it. Yeah, and it can sense. be simple. It can be a, a Google sheet, right? It doesn't right. need to be any kind, anything fancy or any kind of fancy tool. Okay. So the third step is what we call capitalize. <gasps> this is the third C. The third so, C. So what were the first two Cs? Let's go over that just so people kind of, because so we get, so we've got the first C is? Communicate. Second Collaborate. And now? Capitalize. Capitalize. I like it. Okay. We're going to capitalize on measurements. And right now, these days, there are so many different ways to measure. And, and there's so many free reports and paid reports, so you can measure... Um, you know, so you're talk, when you say measure, you're talking about measuring results, I take it? Yeah. And then or this goes, goes right back to that first C again. You remember we talked about um, you know, success criteria. Right. What do you consider to be success? We're right. sitting around a year from now. Well, that's what we're going to use to measure. We're going to oh, take okay. a look at those success criteria. Maybe it was raising awareness. How are you going to measure that raising awareness? Maybe you're going to measure it by the number of people that downloaded your white paper or okay. your tool or read right. your book or purchased something. And you can capitalize on right. the opportunities. So oh. we, we call it the optimization report where we, we do one sort of at certain milestones. So maybe three months in, you know, we're, we take a snapshot. We take a look at what's working, what's not, and we may tweak. You know, we may decide, oh, this channel's not working for us. Or we may say, this kind of messaging will work better here. We're, we're falling flat a little bit mm, here. Okay. Or or this is not being picked up in one location. Right. Maybe we should switch it up a little bit. I mean, you are literally have a you have techniques and things in place to, to monitor and check that effectiveness. In keeping in mind that, again, we really want to um, define that success criteria and be aware of what the statistics are telling us. Right. So 
There are a lot of ways to measure out there, um, but some mm. things are what we call vanity metrics. You know, say that again. Vanity metrics, where vanity metrics. You know, you've had okay. this many impressions, or this many, you know, impressions on Facebook, yeah. or, but it's it's often hard to tell whether that oh, those impressions were really read or seen, or whether there was any what we call conversions mm. was any action taken. So they're they're good for one's ego, but they may not be good for one's bankroll. Exactly, mm. exactly. Okay. And sometimes you know, going back to the fact that social networking is only one tool in the toolbox, yeah. perhaps that personal approach is something you can measure. So, for example, you're trying to increase membership in your club. Yeah. Um, we know that that if you get a referral from a friend or a friend invites you somewhere with an incentive, much more likely to pay attention to that than you are to an anonymous recommendation. Of course, yeah. We tend to trust our friends more than we trust strangers. Yeah, and we tend to attract friends who like the things that we like. So if I want more members to join my club, I want more members like my members. Right. So perhaps I provide an incentive to my members to bring in five people for a free night of something. Right. They get a little something in thanks. And I have a very cost-effective way of trying to increase my membership, as opposed to a Facebook ad where I may have, you know, boosted and, you know, spent 25 bucks to get 2,000 people in my area who may have seen it, may not. Right. Good A-B test, good way of testing which way one works, but... You know, it, it, it's important for people to think about that when they're measuring right. and, and think okay. about how they might optimize their budget and how they might take some of these tools that they're using and really look at them effectively and see whether they're working beyond the, the, the statistics or the data. Okay. You know, Got what, again, back to your success criteria, how do they, how do they match up against those? Right. And, and I then, think that's really a good thing because, uh, again, one can feel good about what one's doing, but good feelings doesn't pay the rent or pay the mortgage. That's just a, or make change, right? If you're mm. just trying to increase awareness on a campaign or, yeah, you know. Or have, yeah, the effective message, you may be very happy how you said it, but if no one's understanding it, then your cause is now not any further ahead. So Yeah. Another mm-hmm. great way to measure is, is something that we call stakeholder engagement. So we have a sort of a pyramid of six different levels of of um, how stakeholders are engaged from, you know, not very. So they may have read your message, but they're not going to do much about it, right up to someone who's leading change, who's okay. totally engaged in your campaign or what you're doing mm. or your cause. And there are levels in between. And, and often what we try to do is say, okay, somebody's at level two right now. We'd really like them up on level three or four or five because they're, you know, there are people that could be champions for us. How right. do we do that? And that's another measure. Did we do that? Right. Are they still in level two, or did we move them up a notch or so? Yeah. So a lot of different ways to, to really look at the success criteria and look at how you measure it. And then we develop the, this report uh, after a year to say, okay, here's what we did. Here's how it measures up. What do we do going forward? And how do we maintain that content calendar? So you can see how the structure of that C3 process really sets you up. Um, for success because you're really measuring exactly what it is you're trying to achieve. Right. So the three C's again. Are communicate, collaborate, and capitalize. Yeah, and the setup is there, right? Now Mm. that you've done the three C's and you've done your measurement, you're ready to get going again. Right. But you've already got the tools. You've got the content calendar and just updating it. You go back, review, and see whether your success criteria are the same. Do you want to measure the same things? Do you want to achieve the same things or have you changed? 
some clients I would imagine want to be very much hands-on. They want to be in there and seeing their stats, doing these different uh, uh, steps of following the metrics and everything. And other clients I would imagine just couldn't give a hoot as long as they get the end result at the end of the year. So how involved is Channel 3 in that process? We take kind of a flex approach. So some clients are right, just want to, um, you know, hands off, just give me the report. And as long as, you know, you're hitting my milestones, then we keep going. Um, and other clients really want to be involved. Uh, it's really important mm. to them that all the messages are approved. And that's totally fine, too, because sometimes we're working with very delicate information. For example, we work with a lot of researchers. Right. And when we tell their stories, we want to make sure that we're telling the story the right way. We're not making false claims, that we're, you know, we, right. we really was, understood the science behind it. Uh, I remember doing some video shoots with you where we had to make sure the red tube in the background shouldn't be a blue tube. You know, because yeah. the blue tube is bad and the red tube is good, and and there is there's all these little details that where the client really needs to be involved. Yes, absolutely, and yeah. also needs to be very clear about what they're trying to achieve and and you know what the purpose is of 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 the activity and and who we're going to show it to. So. Right. Yeah, I think it's really important to establish that right at the beginning. You know, we don't want to make this a ton of work for our clients. We want to take on the work. Right. But again, back to that, you know, that collaborative approach. Right. We want to create this together. Right. And I think that's one thing I'm really getting from this conversation, too, is that it's where some companies, it's like, come dump your stuff at our place and come back in two weeks and there's your stuff. Where it's sounding, this is a very... Again, collaborative. They're, the client feels well involved in the process. Um, and from what I'm hearing, too, and what I'm sensing is, too, like, your company is very much engaged in making this a positive feeling process. It's not just, a, oh, my gosh, I've got to fill out this form. And, oh, she's, Nancy's asking me more questions. Uh, it sounds like um, it, it's, it, it's, it's an exciting process of engagement versus a tedious process of engagement. Yeah, I think, you know, kind of some, to sum it up, one of my clients once um, wrote a testimonial for me and she said, what I loved about working with you is that you took the time to really get to know us before you got started. Mm, you know, right. so, and, and I've had another client say, it's like you're a member of our team. Oh, okay. And that's yeah, the yeah. approach that we like. And it's not just me. I have an amazing team of people mm. from everyone from you who works me. with me to, uh, <laughs> yes, you know, our, some great our, people here. Great our people. digital strategist, our yeah. project specialist. You yeah. know, we've got people who uh, our clients have learned to depend on and work directly with. So it's kind of an extended team for them. Right. You know, we I have lots of clients that go directly to my project specialist to update their websites or to get some support for something. And, and they have that level of comfort knowing that they have this kind of virtual team right, working alongside them whenever they need it. In, inquiry is a very important part of your work, I'm realizing, you know, asking the right questions and getting that data or the, the thoughts ahead of time. I imagine that automatically just sets up a good report with the client because you are always checking in with the client. It's, it, it's not just a, like I said, a one-shot big gap and result. There's like uh, lots of ins and outs and flow mm -hmm. um, making the collaborative process uh, yeah. more vibrant, like alive. And also very um, sort of ongoing and future looking. So uh, with, we talked about, you know, knowing the industry trends and what's going on out there. We tend to do a lot of uh, reading and staying on top of what's going on in certain industries for our clients so that we can um, send them stuff and say, right. by the way, did you know about this? In fact, one of our clients is a, a national research project. And it's a, it's a group of, of many universities and many researchers across the country working mm. together. Um, so one of the things that we do for them 
them is we create a curated reading list. All of them are so busy, they don't always have time to go looking through different publications and looking for information related to their project. Okay. So we actually curate through searches and uh, and, and various lists. Um, we like search compile, for relevant compiled stuff. Compile a reading list every week that you know it's not overly long, easy for them to scan, but they can quickly go. Oh, there's a new research publication. Oh, there's mm. a story that's related. Oh, so and so is doing this, right. and we keep them in an archive for them, so they can easily scan through and see if there's something of interest. Yeah, that's and that's cool. valuable for them, but it's valuable for us too as we work with them. We know the landscape. Right. So wow. again, yeah. being sort of that remote sort of extra team member. And that's that's when we say creating more together, that's what we mean. Like yeah. That. It's yeah. not just about, you know, okay, we'll handle your Twitter account or we'll do right. your website and yeah. take your money. It it really yeah. is about that relationship and working together to really create good stuff. It's really cool. It reminds me a lot of my old industry when I was a music producer in Toronto. And one thing with music producers at the time was that you would a lot of bands would come in with their little song and acoustic guitar and whatever. And, and the, basically they'd play for the producer, then they'd go away for two weeks and come back in two weeks and the producer would have this song all done with the orchestra and the funk band and everything. Yeah. Um, and yet there were other producers who were much more intimate. They were in there for the whole thing, working with each band member, working with each piece. Mm-hmm. So what happens then when um, when you run into, because this is a really good question, mm. what happens if you run into someone who doesn't share that approach? So, for example, for me, it would be, you know, I want to work with a client, and the client's just like, eh. you know, you yep. just do it all, and I'll tell you whether you're right or wrong. What if you ran into a musician who did that? Well, I think... I think that's a really important thing too, which is uh, knowing inherently right at the beginning of a project, just, you know, it's a, either a knack or a sense that this is going to be a good collaboration. Because I think, and, and that's why I'm kind of curious throwing it back more at you, do you find that that's, uh, you attract those clients? Because I'm sure there's clients out there who don't, they, they want you to tell them what to do. I don't want to be involved and, uh, you know, just, just do your work. That's what I pay you for. Do you yeah. find that in your clients? We do do something. We kind of look at fit with our clients right at the beginning. And we have on our website, we have our core values listed right on the front page. And we're kind of clear about that, that, mm-hmm. you know, that these, this is what we believe in. And, and if, if that is a fit with you, then we're probably a fit. Right. And if all of that doesn't make any sense at all to you, then we might not be that fit. You've got the three C's there. They set up a pretty good way a client coming to you knows what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that, that if they're not in alignment with that, it's best to wish them well. Yeah. And, um, yeah. again, make keep that space open for the client who's going to come along that goes, I love those three C's. It's no favor to the client to take on somebody who doesn't share the same approach exactly um it's not fair to them they end up dissatisfied we end up dissatisfied so we must right from the start say here's who we are what about you you know if if it fits it's awesome well my team members tell me that one of the reasons they love working here is because we have our clients are all for good (laughs) very little evil i'm finding which is really wonderful well in taking very little and they believe in that approach. You know, my, my clients yeah. believe in that approach. Yeah. And so even though there may be hands off now because we've worked with them for so long, they trust right. us. Yeah. They still believe in that approach. And that uh, trust is based on women, yeah. which is good. This is about what are you doing? How do you make that shine? The other, the other people can worry about that, but we're going to make sure that you shine. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where that comes into play is that um, once they see that approach, it really does define what they are unique at and what, mm. what does 
is, what their niche is, yeah. um, without thinking about what everybody else is doing. Right. Very um, cool. You know, it's good to know what the other people are doing, but you, 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 you don't win by being a copy. No, uh, and it also reminds me of a famous Italian race car driver. He got in his little sports car and he reaches up, grabs the rearview mirror, snaps it off, throws it over his shoulder and says, what's behind me doesn't matter. (laughs) And I think that's part of it. You can't be too worried about what's going on around us as much as what does the client want to do. Um, You get familiar with the racetrack, you get familiar with where you've got to go, but eventually you just have to worry about what you're doing and how you're driving. Yes. So I think uh, it sounds like the uh, three C's helps get people in the driver's seat and you become a good guide to make sure that they stay on the road. And if they get lost, there's some checkpoints that they can get back on the uh, on the trail. Ooh, metaphor heavy. That's a great analogy. I love that. <laughs> the process is really a roadmap for sure. Great. So um, that kind of covers our, our first three C's. And out up ahead, I guess there's a P coming, the podcast. <laughs> what, what are we going to expect on here on Channeled up ahead? I, I'm assuming there's going to be more podcasts than this one. Definitely. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, videography with you, which oh, is yes. great. My favorite uh, Some thing. good conversations mm. about uh, good tips around videography and what we're mm. looking for. We're going to talk with, uh, we're going to have a number of guests. We're going to talk with a coach about collaboration and delegating and, and great tips for, you know, really building that successful team and feeling comfortable delegating. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I like... I think I met the person you talked about and she's very interesting, really neat. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Yeah. And then I'm going to be talking to a number of my clients as well. We, I have an organizational design client who has some really good, interesting ideas about how organizational design really improves communication. You know, and again, our theme of creating more together is really going to be about how we um, communicate better when we work together. And that can be in a lot of different fields and industries. So I'm looking forward to talking to some really amazing people. This was awesome. And I guess we better get on with our sweaty, (laughs) drippy day here. (laughs) It's very humid. (laughs) Well, thank you, Rania, for being uh, here. This is really I'm exciting. And, um, and I hope that uh, people that are listening really enjoyed this and they stay tuned and subscribe and, and hear what's coming next. Yes. And what's the name of our podcast? It's Channeled. Isn't that awesome? From Channel 3. This is Nancy Corrigan from Channel 3 Communications, and you've been listening to Channeled, our podcast. 